Yes, hello. Ambulance and Slates at WNR 337. We are looking at Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice 2021. And I have the pleasure to be joined by the ultimate one. How you doing, fella? Hey, buddy. What's going on? How's everything over there? It's all good. How's things in uh, New York City? Yeah, everything in New York City is like everything's kind of returning things back. It's not 100%, maybe 33%. But, you know, it's a little cool over here. But, you know, we're just uh, waiting for everything to open up over here and everything gets back to the craziness that it was before the COVID. Yeah, without a doubt, and that's what we're hoping for as well. And of course, for the news now that there'll be fans at WrestleMania, it feels like things are finally going to get back to normal as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's crazy because I mean, not to come out of the subject that we're going to we're going to talk about, but I heard that the tickets were supposed to go on sale this week, but because of Dana White announcing that he's going to have one of his UFC events in Jacksonville inside. And I think it uh, the 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 arena holds about fifteen thousand people. So he's thinking about uh, having you know fully you know f- fully full with every all yeah. kinds of fans in there. And so now Mr. McMahon decided, well, well, if if Dana could do it, I'm gonna do forty five thousand. I'm like, are you guys crazy? Like, are you really risking your life to go watch a wrestling match? I, I don't understand it. But, I, well, look, but you'll, you'll hear my podcast this weekend when I talk about it. Well, without a doubt, and the talk about Usman versus Masvidal as the fight that's been announced for the UFC event, it should be a cracking matchup. And if Dana White, who's always been on the side of, uh, shall we say, maybe not the most popular vote when it comes to Twitter, he's, he's definitely doing that. And the same with WWE. But we are going to concentrate on impact. Before that, though, our last uh, podcast together was, of course, AW Revolution. We had a dynamite since then. And just quickly, I mean, what were your thoughts? Because we had some huge kind of news in the main event segment and a couple other little things. What, how did you think AEW dealt with oh, the right. main event of Revolution? Yes, so we're, we're, we're talking about the fallback of a Revolution. I, I, I like how they cover up a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the, the stuff that they messed up on, especially on the explosion match. I love how they went and um, made it look as you know, Kofi, um, not Kofi, uh, Eddie Kingston uh, passed out because of anxiety, and that's why he passed out. You know, when in reality we know that they've messed up on 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 that part because it was a dud. Um, so they covered that part up. I love how Kenny Omega went, and then uh, and Don Callis talked about you know, hey, you know, I'm the invisible hand, and and you know, we we take stuff, we take moments from people, and if it would have exploded. We would have taken out you know, Moxley and took out, you know, took out his career, but we didn't. So we st- stole the moment from you getting a ex- big explosion. So what they did as far as um, the whole, you know, the uh, fallback, pretty much, you know, um, they, they covered themselves up. I mean, the, the show was the show was uh, was good. I mean, I just did. I just um, want to know what's going to happen next, especially after what happened with the inner circle and, and, and now with the new group, which I, I most likely they're going to call them the four horsemen 2.0, maybe, um, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, it wasn't, it lets you uh, want to watch. It's like, a, like I said, it's just uh, lets you want to watch to see what happens next. Well, the spoilers are out for the next episode of Dynamite and apparently they're going to be called the pinnacle. I, I really, really dug, what they did in the main event, especially the way MGF handled it. 
and the way the inner now and that feud hopefully in a blood and guts match as well which they kind of done last year uh speaking of omega though i mean i've just felt they were kind of laughing at the fans who bought the pay for you expecting to get what you pay for then saying did you really expect to get what you pay for oh let's have a laugh at the fans expense and i think maybe some fans would leave a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth and um, and also the christian christian came out uh with omega as well uh has he lost his voice because oh, omega? two appearances no oh, christian omega? oh christian? christian's not said it christian's not uh, said anything the past couple of uh times we've seen him now is yeah, it the kind it, of gimmick was, they're going yeah. for because he, he the, i mean the whole segment of that part christian was supposed to be interviewed but tony shivani and then omega went and 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 kind of you know, took over and all that. Uh, to get back what you said about you know disappointing fans with the uh, with the ex- non-explosion stuff, um, Omega was pissed off in the back. According to a lot of, I think Wrestling Inc. Uh, reported it, Wrestle Talk that Omega was livid because it was supposed to explode. Uh, and I think somebody from the back that dealt with the explosive stuff kind of uh, messed up. So. But the thing that made it worse was that Tony Khan made it, oh, you know, we want two guys to explode, whatever. So it kind of like made him look foolish because you promoted an explosion match, which it turned out to be a dud. Christian, he hasn't said a word. I mean, they always say um, action speaks louder than word. But I don't like this thing with Kenny Omega and Christian as far as um, already you got an ex-WWE guy who I think – he still could wrestle, but he's still a Mick Carter. Now you may give him, you may be giving him a shot at the bell from him, probably to double or nothing. Um, you know, I, I don't know that part. I'm like, I'm not too happy with it. I think somebody else should get a title shot, but uh, and most likely, you know, he's going to be wrestling uh, other people from here to double or nothing. But Christian, I mean, before I put it this way, before Christian gets a title shot. He needs to wrestle somebody and a, a, a championship caliber wrestler, not no Joey Janela or, 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 or Sonny Kiss type of thing. I want him to wrestle somebody who could give him run for his money. Yeah, and also it would be great to see him giving a passion promo about why he's in AEW, what it would mean to him if he won it, because he can definitely hit it out of the park with that. But it's not all bad news for AEW because Revolution. Uh, is officially the company's most successful pay-per-view with 125,000 buys to it. It beats out the previous holder, which would be Double or Nothing 2020. And moving on to Impact, the go-home, 9th of March, and there was just one bit of huge news coming out of this. The two world titles, the TNA World Heavyweight Championship and the Impact Wrestling title will be unified, plus the winner at Sacrifice will go on to Rebellion to face Kenny Omega for the AEW and the Impact World titles. That was a bombshell. That was just it's huge, wasn't it, really? I mean, I, I mean, we knew, I had a feeling that they were going to unify the belts because they were not going to have either champion, of whether it would have been Swan or Moose with that belt because that belt, uh, uh, Moose brought it out last year's Rebel, uh, Rebellion. And, uh, and I think... Being that that what he was doing with it, I think they should have gave him that belt. They should have gave it some type of recognition. They should have given it world title status. Uh, it reinstated it. Not wait two weeks before the unification match to reinstate the belt. Um, and I think you know Moose put it on the line, even though it wasn't reinstated uh, a couple uh, a couple of months before. But you know, 
we will, we will definitely talk about the outcome of that unification match as the, uh, your podcast and the show goes on. Without doubt, and it's something to look forward to as well. Rebellion, of course, happening next month. But let's just go back to Sacrifice and just run through the card quickly. Like we said, Rich Ron versus uh, Moose for both world titles. You've got the Knockout Championship, Giano Perazzo versus ODB. The Tag Team Titles Online, the Good Brothers versus Finjuice. The Impact Exhibition Championship, TJP versus Ace Austin. The Knockouts Tag Team, Fire and Flavor versus Grace and Jazz. The Hold Harmless Match, Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. James Storm and Chris Saban versus Violent by Design. Tanil Dashwood and Caleb McKay versus Havoc and Navaya. And Decay versus Reno Scum. So what's your excitement level for this event? And what's the match that you're most looking forward to watch? The the match I was definitely looking forward to was the unification match. And the Good Brothers versus Finn Juice being there because, you know, I'm a New Japan mark. And um, I definitely like watching these guys go at it. Um, and the match pretty... Pretty much, uh, to my my standard, it live up to the hype. Well, let's get on with it then. So we've got the opening promo with the build-up, especially for the main event. Like I said, this match has been built now for the past few months with Moose and Swan. We're finally going to get to it. We see Dealer Brown, of course, Black Striker on commentary as well. And then we see Sacrifice kicked off with tag team action, pitting the case Black Taurus and Crazy Steve, encountered by Rosemary against Reno Scums, Adam Forstow and Luster, the legend. Decay dominated the early moments of the match until Luster and Forstow down Taurus, with that delivering a picture-perfect double stomp and sent on. The standard moonsault continued the veteran Hill's momentum, but then Taurus finally created separation, made a tag to Steve, exploded into the match and teed off on Forstow, dropping with a flat line who fought have a fireman's carrying tag to Roos back into the match. The action then broke down, climax with Rose for me spitting green mist in Luster's eyes and Toru spinning four stove following the fisherman driver for the hard fall victory. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, <laughs> my first thing that came into my mind when this match started, I said, why is Decay opening up another pay-per-view for the third straight uh, pay-per-view? You know, um, the match itself was pretty good. You know, um, I, I think um, they did. Uh, I know it's, uh, Reno Scum, to me, I think they could be a better tag team. They look a little bit confused in that ring um, when they were doing the tags. But um, it was a decent match. It, I mean, I got to see Tarus again. You know, for a big guy, he could move in that ring. Um, of course, Crazy Steve, uh, I mean, I'm always impressed with him compared to when I first saw him a couple of years ago when he used to team with Abyss. I mean, it it, it, was, it was a pretty decent match. But I just, my question is why every pay-per-view, Decay opens up the pay-per-view. I mean, these guys, these guys should be in the mid, in the middle of the, of the uh, you know, of the, of the mid card, the mid card of the, of the pay-per-view. Well, Decay, uh, like you said, are Impact's go-to to open up a show. And I just think it shows the kind of, uh, the value that Impact have and needs to kind of start the show proper with a quite a fun match to kind of get into the action. And we've seen them do it, like I said, the past uh, few events. And uh, if that's their spot on the card at the moment, then I think they're doing quite well. Like I said, it was a really fun way to start. There's nothing quite like Decay kind of anywhere. It's a good match and good to see the green mist. Are we going to give it out of five? Um, I'll give that a three and a half. I mean, the match was decent. Um, it, it, I, I think this... This uh, match, compared to the other two times that I saw Decay opening up a pay-per-view, this was more decent, I guess, because I guess Crazy Steve and uh, Black Tarus has probably um, already been working together for a while. Um, 
like I said, Reno Scum. This is like my second time watching them. They they looked a little off, but I'll give it a three and a half. I mean, I, I mean, Rosemary with her miss. Um, that 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 was uh, I didn't even know she threw misses anymore. So you know that that that's called me up by surprise. So three and a half. Yeah, Look, I would have to agree with you. Three and a half. There is a really good way to start the show. Uh, prediction wise. Um, well, I'm challenging myself from the last card, which was No Surrender. I got six out of nine there. So let's see how the Dublin are do today. And we went for Decay, so we won the up with that one. Poll-wise, Decay got a massive 89% of the uh, poll there. And then we see Dino Brown, Matt Stryker run down the eight matches still to come. And then we see uh, trying to re-establish their dominance in tag team action after doubts that he led the breakup. Levar and Havoc battled Tanil Dashwood and a social media manager, Caleb, the mixed tag team match. Levar and Havoc overpowered the opposition early, but Dashwood and Caleb worked over Levar to wrestle control of the bout in their favour. The Hills cut off the ring from Levar, grounded her in front of him, tagging in the fresher Havoc. Havoc tagged into the match and unleashed hell, running over Caleb, working over Levar to down Dashwood with Havoc mentally and inadvertently distracting the official. Caleb reversed the Levar roll-up, allowing Dashwood to steal the win. What were your thoughts on this? This match, to be honest with you, bro, is like, I was very confused because I was like, so let me get this straight. Caleb with a K is teaming up with the Neil Dashwood against Havoc and Novia. So I, I know they, they're following up with the storyline from the last couple of times when Novia keeps getting pinned, whatever. My thing is, why didn't he put Neil Dashwood with another female, another instead of Caleb? That, I'm not crazy about that Caleb guy. I, I feel like he... I don't know. I think that whole gimmick they have, it just, I, I'm watching like uh, Tennille has, I think, Navea and like in, uh, I think in uh, like kind of a holding up her chin and he's taking pictures. And I'm like, why? Why are you even doing that? And I'm like, I wasn't too crazy about this match because it's like, why don't you just get over with and have Navea turn on Havoc and. And, you know, or Havoc turn on the via and have Tenille Dashwood team up with them. You know? So I wasn't too crazy but about this match. The thing is, as well, about Dashwood is that we know how kind of talented she is. So maybe a more, not serious gimmick as such, but, you know, to, to look like she's taken it seriously to actually have a run over the women's title where it be an impact or elsewhere. I think she's definitely got it in there. Maybe it's just kind of frustration kind of watching this type of match. Like I said, Caleb with a K now, I mean, yep. they were wrong in agenda matches and all this kind of stuff, but. You wouldn't really check, want to see him sing check, this division check, check now, would Check your mic. Check your mic. Your mic is uh, sounding robotic. You really, really want to see Caleb Ubeke in a singles match. But I no, think no, the thing I, with Dashwood... I don't want to say, honestly, I don't even want to see this guy in the ring, to be honest. Because uh, I think he's more... He should be like a manager type. Uh, um, because I, I get what they... I get the gimmick. I get the gimmick where, you know, she's, you know, sort of social media stuff, whatever, but... You're in the ring, and, and, and I noticed that Impact loves doing this intergender matches. You know, um, this is like the third time I've seen it. And I'm like, okay. And no, 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 nothing to take away from Tenille Dashwood because she could wrestle, whatever, but it's not a good look for her. You know, it's just like, to me, it's like uh, Impact could do much better with her that's dealing with that gimmick. And then the storyline, again, Nevaeh is a good wrestler. I think Havoc and Navea are a very good tag team. Um, so I don't know what they're trying to do. They're going to try to break them up. I mean, and you can't afford to be breaking up no 
female tag team, especially in Impact, where they don't have a, a, a big stack of tag teams for females. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what happened. Caleb did take his bumps. Looks like Tanil was picking up the wins, and of course, Havoc and Avaya will implode, and the story does continue. So out of five, I'm going to give that a three and a quarter out of five because I actually maybe enjoyed it more than I thought because I usually quite dislike uh, intergender wrestling, so to speak. Uh, what are you going to give it? I'll give it a two, bro. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was like, take this. This dude, take him out of the ring. Like, you mean, like I said, you mean to tell me you don't have female wrestlers in the back. You got to get this guy in the ring. And he did take some bumps, whatever, but I don't know if he messed up one point in the match because he went back to tag Tanil and Tanil was like, uh, go ahead, keep doing what you're doing. And, and I was like, okay, is there something going on there? Um, even though they got the win and they're going to follow up with that story now with, you know, um, um, I guess probably Tanil going to end up with Havoc or something. But, you know, um, I, I wasn't too crazy about that match. I wasn't at all. Uh, Prediction-wise, uh, I went for Havoc and Navarre because I thought they'd sort their shit out, but they didn't, so one out of two when it comes to their uh, poll-wise. 75% went for um, Havoc and Navarre as well, quite surprisingly. And we see Eddie Edwards is rooting for Rich Vaughn to become the first champion to unify both the Impact World and TNA World Heavyweight Championships. We then see a hype package ahead of Violent by Design versus James Storm and Chris Sabin. And of course, uh, James Storm and Chris Sabin may have been cornerstones of Impact Wrestling long history, but they found themselves in defensive when they battled Violent by Design's Joe Doring and Dina in tag team action. Jake Sonic, a familiar foe to VBD, accompanied Storm and Sabin while Eric Young watched his protege from ringside. Um, we talked about Violent by Design. Are you still a fan of their stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm definitely not. Uh, yeah. and, and listen, is it me or Joe Dorian looks like Andre the Giant in front of everybody? And I mean, the guy is huge. He, I mean, I think that that Violent by Design is a a good uh, a little small faction that I could get behind on because I mean, you, I mean that Joe Doring, that guy is he's vicious and he made James Storm look small. And you know, James Storm, when I seen him in the in TNA, I always saw him as a tall guy, but. But he towered over everyone. And Violent by Design, especially with Eric Young, um, I like what they're doing. I really like what they're doing. That match between them uh, with uh, Storm and Saban against Doring and Diener, that was a pretty good match. It, it, was, it was a pretty good match. I just, like, the ending part was, uh, was not surprising because I saw it coming like a mile away. Well. But we see a big double clothesline by Doring ending the early offense by Storm and Saban and put Cowboy on the defensive. The Hills beat down the beer drinking badass to the hot tag to Saban turn things around for the baby faces. Saban delivered a fisherman buster to Dina and Storm added a top rope elbow drop. Moments later, the Hills answered with Doring bowling over the motor city machine gun for Dina added a headbutt. Saban kicked out the dismay of his opponent and Young. And then a referee bump occurred and both Young and something got involved. Still in the closing moments of the match, Saban was in a position to earn a win when Rhino hit the ring and wiped out his fellow Michigander with a gore. First off, gore, gore, gore. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It, 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 and I was telling this to my roommate. I'm like, when I saw him come out, I said, he's turning heel. It's like you could have predicted it, right? But here's the part that it, it kind of, well, most likely I've watched it tonight, uh, the part is why? Why did you turn 
uh, on Saban and, and, and Storm and whatnot. Now that group becomes more vicious because, I, I mean, yes, Rhino may be a little bit over the hill. He's been in the business for over 20 years, probably as long as Tommy Dreamer. Um, but you got a Rhino in that group now. So you got Doring, Rhino, Dean Rackerson, but then you Eric Young. That's some vicious guys in there. I mean, and 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 the match itself was pretty good. The 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 part where where Rhino was coming in is like I predicted it. It's like he came in, I was like he's gonna turn on somebody, and I said, he's gonna turn on on Saban, and he, that's exactly what he did. But now it makes Violent by Design more vicious. I, I I like what they're doing in that part because you gotta have Rhino doing something. You know, the guy's on the contract. You don't want to keep him teaming up with Eric uh with with Tommy Dreamer. And Rob Van Dam as the ECW originals, you know, you got to put them somewhere. So I think that's that, that's a good move. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. Well, yeah, like I said, the widest pro wrestler uh, returning to Impact and uh, Dina <laughs> picked up the victory after that. I mean, like I said, Rhino is as wide as Doring is tall. It is unbelievable. Uh, like I said, not a bad match. Standard Rhino joining the, the hills, of course. Um, and of course, Heath Slater on Twitter the next day said, uh, "I woke up to the news that you joined." So he's not watching Impact Plus either. So that's, that's good to know. Oh wow! But, <laughs> but don't be what, surprised. What sc- <laughs> don't don't be surprised if this week we'll have an A-man tag where Tommy Dream is on the opposite side, because you know that's going to happen. You know that's bound to happen. You know, because that's the way uh, that's the way Impact works. What is your uh, score out of five for that match? Uh, I'll give it a probably three and three quarters. I mean, um, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it could have been a little bit longer. I think uh, I think that Joe Doring wasn't. The one thing about Joe Doring is that he wasn't in that ring as much as Dina. Dina is like he took a lot of the load and whatnot. They were doing some nice tag backing in, but Doring is a monster. That dude's that dude's like probably Lance Archer's height. That dude is huge. And I'm like, he came in the ring, and I'm like, he's towering over Saban and Storm. He's towering over everybody. That guy is, I'm like, I want to, I, I definitely want to do a background check on Doring. Uh, maybe watch some of his old matches from old Japan. But I hear a lot of good stuff about this guy. Right, doubt. And he does look intimidating the way they're doing it at this moment in time. Uh, Prediction-wise, uh, Violent, um by design for me, so it is two out of three. That's not bad, according to Meatloaf. Uh, Poll wise, Beer Gun's got 86%, and then Gia Miller catches Brian Myers for his hold harmless match with Eddie Edwards. Myers is sick and tired of seeing Edwards pick up victories over him. He's ready for the grudge match. And after three tags, it is the first single and the rivalry between the most professional wrestler and Eddie Edwards uh, culminated in this hold harmless match, meaning no one involved was at fault for any injury occurred during it. Uh, Myers weathered the Edward Storm and wearing it down, working over the ground base attack, sometimes adding a trash can lid to the beat. And Myers is due to street sign and still chairs to the festivities. Looking to punish Edwards, the former world champion, used a weapon against him, delivered a superplex that drove Myers into a pile of chairs. That looked vicious. And uh, Dad, one... yeah. Dad, I saw that. I was like, yo, was... how is he going to take that bump? Because it wasn't one chair. It was several chairs. And I'm like, I had to rewind it because I'm like, let me see. That he, that he caught everything, all the chairs, or whatever, and he both of them caught it real bad. I mean, it was like I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. 
Well, Edwards retrieved a table from under the ring and set it up in the arena floor. Before he could use it, he dove through the ropes and interfered Hernandez, only to find himself in a massive grip of big mechs. Matt Cardona made the save and pounded away at the big man, focused on the opponent. We knew Matt mid-Cardona would get involved anyway. And then Myers sucking in his opponent, driving him into the edge of the apron from under the ring. That was really clever because I'm not sure if I had seen that before, you know? Not me either. Not at all. Not at all. But, you know, I got... I, I want you to finish this up because I want to talk about uh, what Eddie Edwards is now the next, the new Tommy Dreamer. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he delivered a flat line on the entrance ramp, top low, and delivered a backpack stunner off the apron and through the table. That oh, was yeah, again that was, crazy. That was nasty. You, you see the the way that the back of the table slapped um, Myers in the back of the head. I mean. I was like, wow. I'm like, these guys are taking crazy bumps. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get a concussion. Well, this is the thing. And, and again, I don't think they should have got up for this, but somehow they did. And then Mars attempted to use a load up of his elbow pad for the assisted roster cut, but Edwards blasted him with a trash scan lid, followed with the untook power bomb, then a loaded Boston knee party for the win. What were your thoughts? The, the, match, was, the match was good. I have no problem with... I mean, I didn't understand the rules, but uh, as I saw it, I saw there was another hardcore match. That's all they had to say. Hardcore match. Uh, I, that spot where he kind of like stunned him and he went through the table. The table slapped him in the back of the head. Um, and then it was another part when uh, Myers went and took out that object and, and, and Eddie was slapped him right in the face with that trash can lid. And I'm like, is Eddie Edward the new Tommy Dreamer? Because it seems like every time I see Eddie Edwards now, he's in some, you know, uh, hardcore match. This is not the Eddie Edwards that I've been used to watching at Ring of Honor. Um, he was a former TNA champion when, when he was with the American Wolves. It's like now he's just become a, a hardcore wrestler. Every time I see him in a pay-per-view, he's in some crazy-ass match and whatnot and, 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 and like hardcore stuff. Like, am I, am I the only one who sees this? No, 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 definitely. It's like he's the new hardcore icon in Impact. Now, Dreamer hasn't been around for a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, but, you know, it's different. You can't do this with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do it with a Sammy Callahan, that I could roll with. You know what I'm saying? Because Sammy Callahan is a nut, you know? And he'll go to the next level or hardcore stuff. Same thing with Tommy, Tommy Dreamer. Even though I'm not a big fan of Tommy Dreamer, but you can't do this with everybody. And then, I mean, the match was decent. I, I'll... You know, I'll give it a, a three and three quarters, but it's it's just another hardcore match. You know, um, Hernandez getting involved, I knew that was going to happen because there was no disqualification, no rules. Nick Cardona, I knew he was going to get involved. So it's like uh, uh, Impact is still running these st- the storyline since January. You know, you got one on one, and you got tag team, tag team, and then it's not it's not Eddie Edwards against Myers, it's Myers against Cardona. It just, it, this needs to end, you know? But uh, like I said, I give it a three or three quarters. Uh, well, a couple of things there to pick up. We'll talk about Sammy Callahan. He's, of course, feuding with Trey Miguel at the moment. And I thought maybe the match would be a sacrifice, but it looks like they're going towards rebellion. Um, and we talk about the match itself here with Myers. Of course, you know, I think they're going towards the Myers Condona match, maybe at rebellion. But he showed that he could bring it and take the bumps. I mean, Eddie did oh, get yeah. retribution. Yeah, you know, I mean, the finish... Thing- He's wrestling much better in here in Impact than WWE. 
You know, um, when he, he was in WWE, yeah, and when he was in WWE, they had him as a loser, a guy who had like what two thousand uh, losing streaks, something into it. And then you see him here, he his his moves are crisp, his uh, ring work is great. Um, but you know, um, I don't have listen, I don't have a problem with the match itself because both of them are good workers. It's just the the gimmick, you know, like Eddie Edwards always in some gimmick match. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, the finish was a nice play on Myers using the same foreign object to win as he has in the past. Kudos to the competitive ribbon and incorporating that one. And uh, note comment to you, Delo's getting a lot more comfortable now in his role. Matt's voice kind of go weird again like oh, that. Matt, Matt, um, you know what's funny? You know how you told me that Matt was annoying? Remember? Yeah. You told me that he's very annoying. You know, I, now I'm beginning to understand what you mean because he tried to make himself sound so intelligent or was... You know, like I, I hear him like going back and forth with D'Lo, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, these guys are arguing back and forth. D'Lo sometimes sounds a little ridiculous. Matt Striker sounds very, very ridiculous sometimes. And I'm like, you know, ah, you know, I, 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 they need to bring a, a more Ronaldo in there and make it better. Yeah, I think we we'll definitely need maybe a little bit of a change. But talk about that. I gave that a three was out of five as well. It's a great payoff. To the story prediction wise, I went Myers, fuck it, 2 4 overall. Poll wise, <laughs> Edwards got 71% of the vote. And this concludes the non title portion of the card. From now on, it is championship title matches. In the first one, is the knockouts tag team titles. It's Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan, Tasha Still defending against Jordan, Grace, and Jazz. Before I get onto the match, what were your thoughts on both of these teams? Uh, I mean, Jazz still have it. I give her that much. And you could tell that Jordan Grace, her days in Impact are coming to an end very soon. Because now she went from singles wrestler, former Impact knockout champion. Now you got her in teaming up with with uh, Jazz. Not that Jazz is, you know, a slouch. But, you know, um, as far as fire and flavor, they looking better and better every time I see them. Their, their teamwork, uh, you know. They get, they're getting better. I mean, compared to what I first saw, uh, Kiara Hogan, that's her name. Uh, uh, her and Steels make a good combination. And they, it's like, I see them and they, they bring that, that, that excitement to the tag team division because they're young. They're young girls, whatever. Um, I just see, as far as Jordan Grace, I, I don't know. I, her contract is up in two months. So I won't be surprised if she's gone. Well, let's get on to the match and the challenges. Set the pace early as Grace over both opponents. The champions turned the tide momentarily, grounding Grace and working her over a tag to the veteran Jazz. Saw the Hall of Fame worthy competitor tee off in the opposition, only for Hogan to catch her with a shoulder to the midsection. From there, the Hills re-established control by working over the former W Women's Champion. The tag to Grace, though, saw Thick Mama pump tear into Hogan, rocking over a cornerback elbow, still saved the day with a splash from the top rope, then added an ugly double stomp to help Hogan to a near fall. Grayson flattened Hogan and scored a close two count off a face buster. And then moments later, she set up a muscle buster. But the fire of the tag champions fought out and with some help from Stills, did with a fisherman buster for the pin full victory. What were your thoughts? The the, the match was uh, pretty decent. Um, I just, uh, like I said, the, the fire and flavor, they, they, they look like they know what they're doing in that ring because even though Big Mama Pump, like you call her, she... Uh, <laughs> She was throwing her weight around, whatever. These girls knew what they were doing in there. They were trying to uh, pretty much neutralize Jazz. Even though Jazz was could have had um, 
have one of the girls submit when she put on the STF, but th- these girls know what they were doing as far as we could take one of them out. We use tag team, uh, double teaming stuff, and we could get the win. And, and pretty much that's exactly what they did. I mean, I mean, they, they looking good as far as every time I've seen them wrestle, you know, they, they're big talkers uh, for that. I mean, and you need, you need that type of uh, character when you're the champion, you want to brag, but Young girls, they pretty much they they took out uh, yeah Jordan Grace out of all people they pinned so they they, they pinned the former knockout women's champion so yeah it, it was pretty good I mean I have no problem with the match um you know and as much as I keep seeing fire and flavor like I said hopefully they keep improving now it's just impact bringing in new tag teams and or oh, do something so because right now they these girls you, in order for them to be great. And good, you have to bring in good tactics. Well, speaking of great, I mean, Jazz still looks great as well. And like I said, I like Fire and Flavor. I wonder who's next in line. And uh, when you've got that question, it means you kind of got good champions. Do you wonder who's actually going to beat these at this moment? But it was an enjoyable match. Um, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. What are you going to score it? Yeah, about that. I'll give it a three and a half. It, was, it, it, it wasn't a boring match. It wasn't, you know... You got what you if you expected more, then something's wrong with you. But that match, you got Jazz who's probably in her fifties, whatever, and the woman still could wrestle. She still could go into that ring. You got Jordan Grace, the former knockouts champion. Again, maybe a lot of people may not have been happy. If you're a big fan of hers, but those are signs right there that she may not she hasn't signed a contract with Impact and she may not be there in, in two months. We'll be interested to see what happens. Prediction one flavor so it's three five pole wise 55 percent went fire and flavor and then Jim Miller tries to get a quick word from tna world heavyweight champion moose for his big matchup tonight he said he's done talking watch what he does that was fucking brilliant and then yes, up next was. tjp and asos to square off in an x division championship matchup uh why not just give him a number one contendership after winning the super x cup we have discussed this before they st- he was number one contender why not just do it at that event I think they were trying to make him go through hurdles. This is the guy who was a former X Division champ. Um, and I think he should, right now, to be honest, you know, I would have rather him been the world champion because the guy is that good. Um, but again, me and you spoke about this in the last couple of months. You know, he won the X Super Cup or whatever they call it, Super X Cup. And then they were trying to make him go through hurdles just to be the number one contender. You win the Super X Cup, that makes you automatically the number one contender. But again, that's how Impact works. I mean, I guess they were trying to um, hype up, get the fans all riled up, ready for a TJP versus Austin, uh, Ace Austin match because you know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be high flying. These guys are going to do moves that you're going to be like, wow. I think without a doubt. So let's get on to the match. Then we see great chain wrestling to start. Neva putting a foot wrong. Ace controlled the pace after pitch a perfect dive, but TJP fought back, put the challenge on the defensive. He rocked Austin with a big corner boot. Fold. The champion dropped to the mat, collapsing. Referee checked on TJP, backing up the challenger. When he gave it all clear, Austin hoisted TJP off the mat. He teased to finish it, but the champion countered and applied the knee bar. Austin then fought towards the ropes of Madman, fought an attempt to help him to reach them. Instead, TJP pulled his opponent back to the central ring, and Austin finally made it to the ropes. Moments later, TJP tried for a detonation kick, but Austin countered, and he found his way back into the knee bar. TJP released the hole, dropped on Austin, and tried for the Mamba splash, but then Ace took advantage of the referee's position, stolen 
the champ's momentum. He then delivered a double stomp and followed with a fold for the win and the championship. And after a 100-day round as exhibition champion, it's over. Ace Austin is the new exhibition champion. What are your thoughts? Um, I'll, to be honest, it, that like I said, uh, this was surprising to me because, like I said, um, you know, I thought TJP was going to win that match because, you know, this guy, I mean, if you saw the match, anything Ace Austin will give him, he will counter it. You know, I, I, in the middle of the match, you saw that Ace Austin took control of the match, whatever. But, you know, I thought when he caught him on the knee bar the first time, I said he's going to give up because the, the positioning he had him in the ring. Um, these guys, I could watch these guys match over and over again because that's how good they are, both of them. Um, I'm happy that Ace Austin won the belt. Uh, hopefully, uh, they'll have that option C. I don't know if Impact still does that, that option C thing where the Cruiserweight champion um, goes after the uh, Impact World Champion. They used to do it back then. I don't know if they do it now. But Ace Austin, I'm happy with the results. I mean, TJP, of course, he's going to go and probably challenge him again. Um, but this was a mastery of wrestling between these two. You can't ask for anything, but I think I think that match probably was maybe I say number two in the card that I felt was was the one of the best matches. Yeah, this was a great match. And the thing I liked about it was not only the kind of the technical wrestling effort we saw in the ring, but the story. Ace won this by himself with no help. Even when Fulton was trying to push the rope, it didn't work. So, in fact, he had to get to the rope himself. There was no kind of interference. So when he hit the stomp and the fold, it's honestly, he's done it himself. You can't argue with that, which I loved. And we talk about Ace is the future. I mean, matches like rematch with TJP, but with uh, Chris Bay and uh, Alexander, they will be fire. Impact will be great in the next couple of months. Well, this this is uh, imagine a three way between these three guys or four way with TJP, Josh Alexander, Chris Bay. I mean, Chris Bay is the freaking future. Uh, that's one thing. I mean, and that's when the same crowd with Ace Austin came up. But just imagine a four way match or a four way X division match of uh, the X, the Ultimate X, for the oh my god, they're gonna they will tear the roof up. I'm telling you. Um, and if it happens, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to it. What are you going to give that out of five? I give that that match. Um, you, you you think I'm gonna be crazy, but I think I'm, I'm giving that match a five. That match was awesome. The fact the fact that he didn't have Matt, uh, Madman Fulton to help him, and then he got out of that that knee bar not once but twice and still beat TJP. Is it to me? I, I'll give it a five. That was a good match. It was a great match. I'm going to give that a four and a quarter. Uh, Prediction-wise, <laughs> I'll just say four and a quarter. <laughs> say four three quarters. I would have been happy with that. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what the other two matches deliver. But prediction-wise, I did go Ace Austin. Um, so I'm four for six at the moment when it comes to prediction-wise. Polls, Ace Austin got 69% of the vote. And that's Johnny Swinger's Palace. Alicia Edwards challenges Tanil Dashwood to a match. Um, I don't want. There's a lot of stuff I like on Impact, but I really don't like, and that's Johnny Swinger. Is it a case that I don't get it, or is it just he's not entertaining? He's not entertaining. This is a former WCW job jobber, because that's why he's he used to come on Saturday Night WCW and was a jobber. So I don't know what they're doing with that. And you know, I mean, I told you this that the Swingers Palace that to me is just screams WWE ish. 
WWE stuff, you know, that you're doing behind the scenes. I don't think they should be. Honestly, when Impact does stuff like that, they do backstage segments on a pay-per-view, that to me, it kind of kills it because it's like you're still following WWE format stuff. And that stuff, you should leave it for Impact on Tuesday, not on a pay-per-view because you're trying you're trying to have people entertained, you know. And when you see like Johnny Swinger and they do like a two, that's a, that's like that's like a bathroom break, you know. Nobody wants to see Johnny Swinger. I don't, you know. So <laughs> good. I'm not lying. I thought it was going. You know what is it? I just it's it's kind of real, you know, turn off. But up next, Jana Perazzo may have entered sacrifice for the Knockouts Championship to remain that way. She would have to defeat a former champ and build a block of division ODB. And despite an early insult by the challenger, Perazzo recovered and targeted her opponent's left arm, obviously setting up for a cross arm bar. ODB powered out low, slamming the virtuoso off the top rope. She traded rights and left for the champ before delivering consecutive shoulder blocks. She added a power slam for two, and the challenger looked for the dirty dozen, but Perazzo blocked. The Venus de Milo submission forcing a tap out from out of nowhere for the win. What are your thoughts on this match? Uh, listen, Deanna Perrazzo is the truth, and and um, she show old school ODB what she's made of. Um, the match was pretty good. ODB being ODB, Deanna Perrazzo. Every time I see her, she is that good. The girl works on one body part, and as you don't see a lot of female wrestlers that do that, they work on one body part. And they will work on it, work on it. And the way she made ODB submit is, it, it, like I, I call it a, the, the, the rings of Saturn. Like, and I mean the girl is vicious. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm gonna tell your fans on your podcast. Listen, the woman right now just said that she wants to be the first female wrestler to cross that forbidden door. Don't be surprised if you see Deanna Perrazzo on AEW challenging Sheeta. So, this girl is that good. Is that good? ODB, ODB is gonna give you ODB. You know, um, ODB again, old school, back from the days. Um, she, she, she gave it her all. You know, but Yana Parasa was working on that arm and that shoulder, and that girl is that good. The match was pretty, was pretty decent for a championship match. Well, let's talk about Parasa because you know it's. The thing is, she's as good as any woman anywhere. When I say that, people will know, listen to the podcast, uh, how much I love, you know, NXT and uh, the women's division there, and of course, whoever else, the AEW. But you could put her up against Io Shirai, or like you said, with uh, Shida, and she wouldn't blink because she's got that kind of confidence, that style, which is unlike maybe any women or a woman at this moment in time that I can think of, because it's you, you can't get confused with anything else. The way she carries herself, beautiful submission work. Like this, I mean, it's one of these things that she was caught in WWE and, um, you know, she she left and now she has the kind of choice to go anywhere she would want to, you know? Yeah. You know, what's funny is this, because Diana Perrazzo, I followed her. I started following her about like about 2014 when she was in Ring of Honor. Um, the girl had a future in Ring of Honor, but she chose to go to NXT. But like I said, WWE, what they do is, especially in the NXT brand, they hoard a lot of a lot of the young talent or independent wrestlers. So Diana Perrazzo, they did not push her to her expectation. The girl is that good. Is that good? And for them to let her go, okay. And now she goes to Impact, wins the woman's title. They, I don't think no one in Impact could be her. And like I said on my podcast this weekend, Diana Perrazzo 
in order for Diana Peraza to be good, she has to face championship caliber female wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she was at NXT, she could give a Io Shirai a match, a great mm-hmm. match, because they're both that good. You know, but right now, she has a lot of choices. You could go to New, she could go to New Japan or go to stardom and wrestle any of those females over there, you know, because she could do that because now she's wide open. Right now, I don't see anybody beating her in Impact. Any any of those females they got there, no one could be her. I think the only one that probably would have gave her a run for her money was Taja Valkyrie, but then she disposed of her, I think, in Hard to Kill or one of those pay-per-view, and she dominated Taja Valkyrie, you know? And Taya Valkyrie, I can't say that she doesn't have the greatest wrestling skills, but we're talking about this girl when she works, when she's in that ring, is her her psychology is I'm gonna work one body part. If I get that one party part, I'm gonna work on it, and that's gonna be the story of the of the, the match. You don't see that a lot of female wrestlers today, or male wrestlers today, for that matter, and and she is one of a kind. And then I think the thing is with the WWE, you know, not working out in NXT, I, I think it helped her on a chip on the shoulder to prove that she can be as good as anyone anywhere. And it's just a great thing. Uh, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five. What are you going to score that? I'll give it three and three quarters. About the same thing. Uh, prediction wise, uh, I went Perazzo. So it's seven, five poll wise. Uh, perhaps they got 60%. And then Scott DeMore's office, we see Tanil Dashwood and Edwards run into DeMore's office to get this match granted for Tuesday. So they will happen, however, they will be part of a huge tag team match. More information on their website later on. Wow, we're still doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> Came up with the talking shop. Well, up next, the co-main event, and it's uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling's Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson. They sought to win the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championship and the respectable opponents as they battled the good brothers. And the challenges proved problematic for the champions early. Bouncing pulled Robinson off the top rope with his head, crashing into the turnbuckle on the way down. From there, the machine gun joined Doc Gallows in beating the second generation are down. Finley tagged in Robinson uh, and Juice uncorked a series of jabs. He rocked Anson and Gallows, turning the tide of the match in his team's favour. At one point, Gallows rocked with a knee and had a spine buster moments later, but could not put away the challenger. Robinson and Finley deposited Gallows on the floor and then turned Anson inside out with a doomsday device to win the Impact Tag Team titles. No one saw this coming. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? As exactly what i said i did not see this coming i i saw it as maybe okay these guys are going to do something they're going to get themselves disqualified somebody's going to come in i mean the match itself was a new japan pro wrestling match i mean if a lot of your fans don't watch new japan pro wrestling that was a new japan pro wrestling match i mean if the tags were chris um, the the good brothers in the beginning took advantage of Juice Robinson. Then Robinson tags in David Finley. He starts going, putting his offense. Then they kind of like neutralize David Finley. But I was expecting the good brothers to hold on to those belts. When um, Anderson got pinned after the Doomsday device, I was like, what? Get out of here. So, I mean, it's a great win for Finn Juice because it shows that you know, uh, they they are a serious tag team. I mean, and if you got to look at the history of both of these teams, 
We're talking about the Good Brothers, former three times IWGP champions. Right? And then you look at Fed Juice, they are former IWGP tag team champions and World Tag League winners. Um, I think it was last year, the year before. So the matchup was great because it's like the old school versus the new school. The old school versus the young lions or the young bucks or whatever you want to call them. So just to see these guys beat the good brothers, that that shocked me. I was like, wow, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, it was a great ending sequence, even if Stryker was trying to ruin it at certain points. Yes, he was. Um, it's just shut the fuck up and let us watch it, you know, get us invested <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> where did the purple stain on Juice's vest come from? That's because what I was trying I, to figure out. <laughs> I went I'm back like, and tried to. Yeah, I'm like, does he have a shirt on the bottom? Because he had like a like a pinkish stain, like somebody somebody uh, threw like some from pink juice on his ass. I'm like, what the hell is that from? But I wasn't really focusing on that. I just I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, no, first, well, I, I went. It, I, I went back. It, uh-huh. I went around it, and I was like. Right, where's it come from? And it looks like he's just sweating normally through the vest. And then he kind of goes against the ropes. And I don't know if it's just like maybe the the paint off the rope or, the or, or something like was, that. Was the paint, was the ropes uh, red or not? I don't remember. Yeah, the, the ropes are red. But this thing, oh, so probably, thinking, yeah. But shouldn't the other wrestlers have like red on their arms or top? No, but they didn't, have, they, didn't have, they didn't have that white shirt. That's what it was. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but mate, talk about the match. Maybe Gallows and Anson will get more serious. The star attraction of Impact has a new road to take now. And Impact showing us more surprises. I mean, this was great overall, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it shocked me. But then again, I think don't be surprised if the um, if the Brood Brothers loses also on AEW tomorrow night because um, they're supposed to wrestle uh, Eddie Kingston and Moxley. I mean, you're not going to get that type of win if these guys still had the belts. Again, I, 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 that really shocked me because I thought that the Good Brothers was going to find a way to get themselves disqualified or they're going to do something. The referee's going to get knocked out. And we did not see none of that. It was a typical match. You know, they, yeah, they went outside, whatever. But, I mean, it's a big win for, for Finjus because, again, this is the old school versus the, 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 the young Lions. Because that's the way the Gallows and Anderson um, looked at, you know, uh, at Finn Juice, you know. Yeah, I think about that. I'm gonna. What are you gonna give this out of five? Uh, I give it four and a quarter. I'm gonna I'm, give this. I'm gonna uh, give it four and a half. Why are you giving it four and a quarter for? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was probably missing a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was something missing, probably. Um. Uh, because I think uh, well, I give it a full quarter because in the beginning they had they were the the Good Brothers where uh, they took control of Juice Robinson and then all of a sudden David Finley comes in start doing this you know all these offensive and then they take control again I'm like okay you know but that's just me full quarter uh, prediction wise uh, I went Good Brothers like everybody else uh, so five out of eight poll wise Good Brothers got 89% and up next one man will walk out with the Impact World in TNA Headwork Championships who will that man to make history as a first unified champion uh, well you want Moose I want Swan there's a big fight Phil uh, why were you so behind Moose going up to this fight well me and you spoke about this in the last time um, when we covered No Surrender 
Moose, uh, watch when no surrender and hard to kill. Moose shows so much uh, potential. Not potential. The guy has evolved tremendously. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm not a big Rich Swan fan. I, I still don't think he's championship caliber, um, whether, you know, wins or not. But um, Moose is like this monster guy who has everything. He, I mean, it sh- he showed you in the match what he's made of. And I think, you know, he should have been. You know, the he's the future of, of of impact. That's the way I look at it. I think that doubt, and I think we've seen him being an absolute monster recently. But uh, we're going to get onto the actually because Swan looked more focused as he came out for his entrance, and he stunned his larger opponent early. Pete driving into the still post, moves slow things down, and uses power advantage. Uh, Mustard his opponent and driving the air from as he forced him to the mat. We get a 360 backdrop. Now, backdrops are usually, you know, maybe impressive depending on the height. But Swan going a full 360 rotation oh is incredibly impressive. I, I thought he killed him when he did that. He did, he did like a full 50 slam on him. And I was like, you know, but that that he took that bump like a, you know, like a trooper. I mean, I've never seen anybody take a bump like that. I mean, not that type of bump. But, but it shows you the domination of Moose. Well, but like I said, driven by the desire to hurt his opponent, Moose introduced a steel chair and wedged it in the corner. He tried to drive Swan into it, but the referee stopped him. The TNA champ opted for a full-way slam instead. And on the floor, he fell. You can hear Swan screaming when he's getting his hair ripped out against the barricade. It was such a, a great visual, you know? You know, you know what's funny, though? That, that, now that you mentioned that, it was like Moose was pulling his hair through most of the match, in the beginning of the match. I, I was like, why is he trying to rip his head off? Like his hair off, and you know, and then it, it looked like when he caught him by the railing, he started ripping his hair out of his head. I felt so bad for Swan. I'm like, that must hurt so bad. <laughs> you can't, you can't really fake that, you know, in a no, way. But dude, dude, I was like, I wanted him to, dude, you don't know, I wanted him to uh, not pull his hair, I wanted him to body slam, power slam, throw him off the top rope. That's how bad I wanted Moose to win. <laughs> well, Moose continued to punish Swan, completely overwhelming him. He applied an abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider, driving his elbow into the exposed ribs of his opponents. Swan bit his opponent's finger, forcing a break. Moose cut him off with a gut buster. The fight headed up top where Swan tried for a hurricane runner. Moose had mentally fought out, but Swan finally fought him with it anyway. That was, again, an impressive first show, strengthening the competitors engaged in exchange of strikes for Swan tried for the cutter. Moose caught with a boot to the back. Swan then uh, proceeded to catch Moose coming off the top rope with said cutter for a two count because at no, that, that time I go, where's Moose was, going? That was, yeah, that, <laughs> no, I, that's that's the thing. Um, I think I don't know what he was trying to do. Was he trying to do it for Moose? I I don't know, but he caught him good with that cutter. That that was amazing. I got to give it to Swan on that one. That was amazing. Yeah, then he added a middle 450 splash, but Moose kicked out that. Again, looked great. And then the fight headed to the top rope. Moose caught Swan, but the Impact Champion fired off a series of right hands and knocked him down. Moose recovered, ran the ropes, and delivered a fall-away Moonsault slam for two. Uh, sick. That This is what I'm talking about. This man is a monster. Monster. Why? He didn't have the world title. This guy was doing stuff. I mean, he did a Moonsault fadeaway slam. From the top rope, where where do you see a seven foot guy ever do that? It's uh, it's just incredible. It's incredible to to have that rotation in literal mid air is just one of the most incredibly like kind of beautiful and dangerous things I've ever seen. But where that's, it's like but, a fireball display. You go, yeah, Ooh. But, 
But that goes to show you. But that goes to show you that a lot of these wrestlers now, athletically, uh, they could be big, but they're doing stuff like that from the ropes. I mean, Lance Archer was, I think, one of the first guys that that I saw him doing stuff like that at New Japan when um, when he became a single wrestler. But what 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 Moose did is a, a fadeaway moonsault. Never seen it ever in my life. That as that was incredible. Well, Moose was, like I said, awesome in this matchup, and he set up for the spear, but ran into the turnbuckle, and then again, and then the third time, he crashed into the chair, but shook it off. One ball that ended with Swan delivering a crucifix pin for the win, and the titles. Rich Swan is your very first TNA, well, combined TNA and Impact World Heavyweight Champion. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, I was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was so very disappointed because I, I, I kept... Har- harassing you and the last time I was in your podcast that most nation was going to succeed. He's going to be the next world champion. Uh, the match itself was very, very good. Uh, like I said, there was stuff in there that most did was incredible. I got to give it to Rich Swan because even though he got overpowered for some of the matches in most, and he started off with a good game plan, like pushing most to the, to the, to the ring post outside. But, I mean, I think goes to show you that, you know, just because you're big doesn't mean you're always going to win. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, again, he wins the belt, both belts. Now he's a unified world champion. Now he's going to face Kenny Omega at Rebellion. So, uh, he, you know, I don't see him beating Kenny Omega. That's, and, and, and the reason I say that is... Um, the fact that now NXT is moving on Tuesday and they're going to have um, competition with Impact or Impact having competition with NXT. You're going you're gonna to need somebody who's a dominating world champion uh, to to be in this show on Tuesday because, you know, NXT is going to be on the same time. So I'm predicting it right now. Omega beats uh, Swan at Rebellion and Omega is going to be in not one show. It's going to be both shows, Impact and AEW, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, that would be very interesting if that happens. And we talk about Swan versus Moose with the one match on this entire card that needed to deliver. It did. I mean, the pair, like oh, yeah. I said, a great chemistry, some telling. It was storytelling one-on-one executed to perfection. You see, uh, you know, the the... the, the dominant one getting overconfident and swan how the hell are you still in it at that point as well he won the match the titles and that was a shot of the redemption the battles a man who disgraced him at hard to kill kenny omega the build-up for that match should be something special um and, and like you talk about as well it seems like they're kind of protecting moose maybe a little bit of going yeah kind of shock loss to swan here but then we're not going to sacrifice you to omega and then maybe you could be after this kind of thing has happened, you know, it's all over, so to speak, and you could be the guy going forward, you know. I mean, and 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 it'll be, it'll be a good a good thing because, let's say, and we're just directly speaking here. Let's say as Omega beats Swan, right? Again, I, I've been saying this throughout the whole show. In order for a champion to be great, you have to meet a championship caliber talent. Most to me is a championship caliber talent so i see swan losing omega at rebellion and then the next pay-per-view whatever the next baby will be will be after that or a slant anniversary you could have kenny omega versus moose for the world title you know what i'm saying because i believe if i'm correct in rebellion 
the AEW world title is going to be on the line too for uh between him and Swan according to what yeah, I think yeah. I, I heard or read but I think that's the way they're going to flow again um people can't get mad let's say if uh if Omega beats Swan because you have to think about it as an impact fan you got problems coming uh in, in the name of WWE with the NXT brand they're taking it out on Wednesdays because they can't compete with AEW they're going to try to go after the little guys who decided to join AEW. So the best thing for them to do is to have Omega beat Swan. Therefore, you got a person who's going to bring eyes to your product because your AEW fans are going to come and watch Impact. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have more audience yeah. in there. And then and then for the future, then you'll have uh, a moves versus uh, Omega. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Swan, I got to give him credit because, you know, he's, he was way short. He was giving up a lot of size, a lot of power, and he pulled it off. And, you know, that's something he's going to have. And I think they were playing they were playing the story of how Swan grew up in a bad neighborhood, grew up never having anything, and now he become the first unified Impact World Champion. Uh, speaking about, as well, the Tuesday night thing, if it was to happen, you know, I think Impact – uh, to move to Thursday to kind of sort out that situation and then head to head to against the color. My other sh- favorite show at the moment, NXT UK would uh, be really, really good. But talking about the main event match here, uh, like I said, fantastic match. I'm going to give it a four and three quarters out of five. What are you going to score it? I agree with you that, that four and three quarters. I give you that because that match, I mean, it lived up to the hype, you know, and that was my biggest fear as far as like, okay, I don't want it to be like a squash match, a five-minute match, a ten-minute match. Um, and it was a uh, uh, David versus Goliath type of thing. And like I said, I like the game plan that Swam had. He went after Moose and hit him three times on the three sides of the ring with the post. Yes, Moose overpowered them. But, you know, it, it, again, the story was David versus Goliath, the guy who... Uh, Swan being the guy that never had anything given to him in life with moves, you know, former football player, had everything. So storyline-wise, match-wise, was pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it. without uh, doubt, yeah, like I said, four and three quarters for the main event there. Prediction-wise, uh, Swan, uh, who I went for in the end. So final scores, I mean, last time out, those friends were six out of nine. Sacrifice, six out of nine. So what was the point? Poll-wise, Swan, 67% of that. Uh, we got a poll for the show as well. What did everybody think of the uh, event? Okay, got 14.3%. Good, got 28.6%. Awesome was 19%. And great was 38.1%. So I definitely did it there. We know our um, match of the night. Yours is, of course, Ace versus CJP, which got the uh, hallowed five out of five. Uh, mine, uh, I'm going to give it to the main uh, MVP of the night. Which one is it? Which one? What's the match that you like? Uh, uh, main event is my match of the night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, the TJP Austin was because it was, the, you know, that that was a match where two guys almost identical, and they were they did their thing. I mean, like I said, number two to me is the main event. Uh, number three will be the, the Good Brothers. Uh, so, you know, the, the Diana Perrazzo match was pretty good, but I think uh, the other three title matches overshadowed it, you know. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, overall, the pay-per-view was pretty good. I mean, um, they they need to, uh, number one, the only issue I have with the pay-per-view, one, stop putting Decay in the opening matches. You know what I'm saying? These guys deserve better. <laughs> yeah, they deserve better than that. And second, Before you get your overall rating, sorry, uh, what, who's your MVP of the show? What guy or what woman even stood out for you? Oh, uh, it will have to be Ace Austin because, remember, the, uh, Ace Austin usually depends on his guy outside, Matt Man Fulton, to help him in the match. He did this by himself. He got caught twice in the, in the knee bar which is a vicious move that DJ Pumu uh, puts on, on his opponent. I got to give it to him. Uh, I'm going to say, well, Perazzo really, really impressed me, but I think MVP has to be Moose because he may not have left as champion, but this former football player is now a top-level wrestler. So what is your overall rating out of 10, then? I will give it an 8 because uh, they, uh, they had seven matches. I think the only match that I wasn't crazy about was the, the Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with the K, whatever. Uh, I think, I don't know. I, I felt like that was not the, if they were going to put that match, they shouldn't have put it into gender. It makes no sense. I think, again, my issue with Impact, they try to do things like WWE, and um, this is like, a, a, oh, a WWE bites from them. It's just ridiculous in that part. Uh, but other than that, I give it an eight, uh, um, uh, eight, eight as a out of ten. Well, I think there's some great wrestling, title changes, surprises, and a huge main event that paid off. And I think that's what we was talking about. You mentioned earlier, living up to the hype. Last time out we did a podcast, the hype of the main event didn't pay off. And this did exponentially. You know, this is incredible. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 overall because I, I really enjoyed Sacrifice. Uh, and, of course, the other thing I liked about it and the build-up to Impact is we kind of talked about Rebellion. Of course, hopefully you join me next month for the Impact pay per view. But oh, you know, yes, talk about Card- you know, you talk about Cardona versus Myers, Good Brothers versus Finjuice, maybe Swan versus Omega. It's already shaping up to be quite a great show. Yeah, and and, and this is what this is the thing that kind of frustrates me when it comes to Impact because they could put they could book a good pay per view. I mean, I remember I could say about two years ago. When I remember Sammy Callahan wrestled Te- Tessa Blanchett's anniversary, you know, my the match that I was really looking forward to was that one. But then I saw the whole pay-per-view and it was great. I mean, you had, a, I think it was Taj Valkyrie, um, the girl from Decay Havoc and some crazy match and whatnot. But it was good. So they were turning the corner. But you see how they did this pay-per-view. This pay-per-view had seven matches. Maybe six out of the seven matches were pretty good. Uh, and I hope that they continue. And if this forbidden door thing that they're doing with AEW and New Japan, this is a sign that they could do a lot of great things. If they just step away from this, want to still be WWE, the pipe crowd, that drives me nuts, James. You don't know. That that pipe <laughs> crowd thing. And, um, there's nobody there. Why they got that? So they're getting that from WWE. They need to step away from that. Be their own, uh, um, be their own selves. You know, because... You know, and they got to work a little bit more on the women's division because, again, Deanna, Deanna Perrazzo is not going to be a great wrestler unless you bring championship caliber, caliber opponents. I think she already beat, if I'm correct, I think she already beat uh, Jordan Grace. I mean, who else is there that's going to challenge that girl? Nobody could beat this girl. This girl 
is, I mean, and I love her because I'm old school. I like when a wrestler works on a body part because I'm from back from the 80s and 90s where they used to work on body parts and make it believable. So, I mean, they, they have a lot of potential to be big. Well, this is the thing, and this is what it brings excitement. This event delivered, and now we look towards the future, and it looks good, you know. So at this moment in time, Impact has done really, really well for itself as well. Uh, but that is it for today's show. Uh, before we go, our follow of the week is Shaquem Empire. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Do you want to just uh, plug your stuff quickly? Yeah, this is the ultimate one, the infamous one from New York City. I got the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on the YouTube channel. You can find me also on the audio podcast, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and any, um, oh my God, I just went blank. <laughs> any uh, <laughs> uh, big podcast that you guys like to listen to your show. I also have my, uh, my merchandise. Uh, it's tcwr.veryimpressive.com, tcwr.veryimpressive.com, where you can find my podcast merchandise there. I got the shirts, three shirts in there. I got the hat. So, you know, take a look at it. And, you know, and my podcast, my audio podcasts are usually on Sundays and Thursdays. And then I got the YouTube channel, which I do the uh, wrestling roundup on Fridays on my video. So check me out, guys. Well, that, that, was long, that was long one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's almost longer than my one. Uh, don't forget the top and uh, also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email, the double podcast gmail.com and YouTube, where we all have all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time. And YouTube, let to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, speaking, download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. Our next episode is NXT UK. We've got two huge times. Um, but the next time that you will be joining us, of course, we've got Rebellion, and we may get together maybe next month for a kind of AEW catch-up. Yeah, we could do that. Um, I know they have no, this. Is this week? I think uh, this week they have the they have something with St. Patrick's Day, some crap. Like, I don't remember. But anyway, well, we could do it. We could do it maybe um, the beginning of the the second week of April, so we could catch up to some of, of what's going on at AEW. And then definitely, I'm de- I'm definitely joining you in Rebellion. So cause yeah, without doubt. I'm not, sorry, I was about to say I know Rebellion is definitely. I think it's 21st. So if we could do something maybe before that or not, it'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. We could do. Um, I think what we could do is the AEW. We could do the AEW um, uh, review, and then that that week also of Impact. So at least we get the fans, let them know where where everything stands. And one now, I'm sure they'll probably know, but we'll, we'll give us our opinion and feedback on it. Yeah, I think we're out of doubt. That sounds brilliant. You've heard it here first here on the Dogging Our Podcast. And of course, I have been James Rowlands and I was joined by the fantastic Altman, Ultimate thank One. Uh, again, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, yeah. Listen, and I come to your podcast, uh, I enjoy it. Um, again, I love doing this. And, you know, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. Well, until then, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.